Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we're committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply them. Let's dive right into the word. All right. Now, I want us to look specifically at the subject called the assurance of salvation. And we're going to take our reading from John chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 3. John chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 3. Now, why again are we looking at this? You see, for the believer in Christ Jesus, you need to be sure that you're saved. And how are you sure? The word of God, the assurance you have from the word of God. The Bible says, let God be true and everyone else a liar. All right. So by two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. So let's believe the word of God. God is his word. So John chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 3, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. Now, Jesus, of course, is speaking to his disciples. He says, let not your heart be troubled. He's leaving them at this point, you know, he's preparing them for his departure. All right. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. John 14, verse 1 to 3, that's what we're reading. All right. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. So I want us to look at this verse. Remember, we're looking at the subject of assurance of salvation. That now that I'm born again, all right, how can I be sure that I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus? I'm going to spend eternity with God. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. How can I be sure? Look at what Jesus himself says here. I want us to look at this verse constructively. John chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 3. Jesus first starts with, the, with this. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Oh, will I, you know, do I have to pray every single day that Lord, if you are coming, if you are coming today, may we not miss heaven. Now, some of us will probably be able to relate what I'm about to say, but of course, you need to understand that, you know, I'm saying this from a standpoint of respect and also because revelation is progressive. So this is not for us to, um, so what I'm about to say is not for us to um, look down on certain people or feel we know more than certain people, but rather to help us, you know, um, be better informed with the knowledge that we have. Glory to God. So this is what I'm. <laughs> this is what I was going to say. Now, some of us will probably be able to relate with the fact that growing up, especially if you grew up in a in a, in a Christian home, you might have heard prayers like, um, "Father, if you're coming today, may we not miss your your coming. May we not miss heaven." Uh, you know, prayers like that. But you see, most of those kind of prayers comes from a place of doubt. Most, from the, most of those kind of prayers comes from a place of unbelief. And the thing about it is that the people who pray these prayers are genuinely born again. They are genuinely saved. Are you seeing this now? Now, is it wrong essentially to pray that prayer? Maybe, you know, it might not be the best way to pray it. But you see, that also helps to put in our minds the consciousness, you know, on a daily basis that, Jesus is coming back again. But you see, that consciousness should not inform doubt or unbelief in our hearts. That's not what he's meant to do. Do you see? Jesus says, according to John chapter 14 from verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. 
let not your heart be troubled. Now that you are born again, on the subject of where am I spending eternity, heaven or hell, alright, let not your heart be troubled. Now let's look at what it says again. It says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If I, if it were not so, I would have told you. Now, look at this. It says, I go to prepare a place for you. For you. Jesus is trying to assure them. He's giving them words of comfort. He's trying to assure his disciples. that you see, my going is not just... It's not just for going sake. I am going to prepare somewhere for you, for you. Do you see? I mean, imagine if after Jesus said this to his disciples as at that time, you know, imagine if after Jesus had departed, then they lost consciousness of this. And then they were still praying, ah, Lord, I pray that I will reign with you in eternity. Lord, I pray that I will spend eternity with you. Jesus is most likely going to be looking at them and say, and saying to them, but I told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Do you see? So you can put yourself, you can put your name in that place where the Bible says you. And, and you can say it like this, that the Lord has gone, you know, that Jesus, and you can say it like this, that Jesus went to prepare a place for me. So there is a place prepared for me in heaven. Oh, glory to God. There is a place prepared for me in heaven. Remember, let God be true. Let his word be true in your life. There is a place prepared for me. Do you see? Let's continue our reading from this verse. John chapter 14 from verse, 3, from verse 1 to verse 3. And then Jesus says that if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So yes, Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming soon. That's a fact. That's a reality. But you see, the knowledge that Jesus, you know, but you see, the knowledge that we have about the second coming of Christ Jesus should not bring about fear in our hearts. It should not make us afraid. It should not make us scared. You know, I remember when I was in primary school and then there were these predictions by some people that Jesus was going to return back on this particular day that, oh, the rapture was going to take place on this particular day. And then the funny thing was that, and you see on that particular day, I think I was on holiday and then that particular day I was at home and there was just this heavy rainfall. The clouds, clouds were thick. Everywhere became dark. There was, you know, thunderings they were striking thunderstorms and all of that and so i already felt scared oh god if you're coming now jesus if you are coming now father please forgive me of all my sins father please you know um when you come don't leave me behind i want to make heaven i want to make heaven lord please you know and the truth is if i look back at those times what really made me pray that prayer of course jesus didn't come you know that particular day all right and there are so many things to say about that but you see let's not get distracted now if i were to look back at that incident i think that kind of incident happened about two or three other times i remember there was one other incident like that you know somebody predicted that jesus was going to come i think i was in secondary school high school like some people call it all right and you see when i look back at those times i'm asking myself what made me really pray those prayers it was fear it was doubt it was unbelief do you see so Jesus says, yes, I am coming back. He said it. He said he is coming back. But look at what he says next. Remember, we're still in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. He said that I, I will come again and receive you to myself. So Jesus was confident that I am leaving you here on earth to prepare a place for you. And I am coming back again to receive you to myself. He says that where I am, you may be also. This is assurance of salvation. That if I put my faith in Jesus, all right, 
there is a place prepared for me in heaven. There is a place prepared for me to spend my eternity with the Lord. And then at the second coming of the Lord Jesus, he is going to receive me unto myself. Now, Jesus said this not on the premise of anything the disciples had done other than to put their faith in him. Because if you remember, if we start from verse 1 of John chapter 14, he said, ye believe in God, believe also in me. So all that was needed, oh glory to God, all that was needed by his disciples was to put their faith in him. And he said, by putting your faith in me, you can be assured that there is a place prepared for you in eternity. And when I come back, I will receive you to myself. Can we not have this assurance today? That when I put my faith in the Lord Jesus, when I believe the gospel, when I get born again, and when you know I act out that faith, when I do the works of faith, when I'm going to, which I'm still going to explain in this teaching, all right, when I do the works of faith, I can be rest assured that when the Lord comes back, He's coming to receive me. So the real question is this: Are we trying to make heaven? Are we trying to make heaven as believers? Is that the right way to say it? Like I said, this is not to mean disrespect to anybody, but revelation is progressive. So are we really trying to make heaven? Or is heaven our portion? Is heaven our lot? Is heaven our final destination? Yes, it is. You can be assured Jesus said it. By two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. So if he said he is coming back to receive us, who have put our faith in him and those who walk in faith with the Lord. And he said, for those of us who put our faith in him, that is coming to receive us. Can we not just believe it? Can we not just believe it? Now, of course, you know, there is still a balance that I need to bring, which is why don't stop here at this point of the teaching. There is still a balance that I'm going to bring as we further in the teaching. But I believe this is a solid foundation that needs to be laid. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So you see that even from this scripture in John chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 3, it is clear that it is God's desire that the believer lives forever with him in eternity. Because it says, where I am, that you may be also. I'm coming to receive you so that where I am, you may be also. So God wants us to spend eternity with him. So we're not trying to make heaven. No, heaven is not something we're trying to make. Like somebody rightly said. You know, it's not food that we're trying to make, glory to God. But that's just an enlightenment. But, but to be candid, based on the integrity of God's word, we're not trying to make heaven. No, we're not. God wants us to spend eternity with him. We need to believe that. And you see, for you, when you get born again, you can be assured of where you're spending your eternity. Glory to God. So, you know, many of us will remember the story of the beggar, you know, and the rich man, the story of the of, of the rich man and the beggar as founded in Luke chapter 16 from verse 19 to verse 28. I want to encourage you, you can go ahead and read it. You know, Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to verse 28. So this story shows us because, I mean, it was not a parable. And, and you see, by the way, this story was not a parable. It was actually something that happened. Do you see? And if we remember in this story of, you know, the rich man and Lazarus, you know, um, in Luke 16, verse 19 to 28, the Bible talks about, Abraham's bosom that the beggar was in Abraham's bosom all right that, that the beggar was in Abraham's bosom and then the rich man you know was in hell so there is actually heaven and there is hell do you see that now there, there is heaven and there is hell 
for the one who doesn't put his faith in jesus all right who doesn't put his faith in the finished works of christ all right such a man will spend eternity in hell it's is the sad is a sad reality but you see this is a sad reality but it's still the reality glory be to god but for the one who puts his faith in the lord jesus christ all right you can be assured of spending eternity with the lord jesus do you see that now now another thing i want to establish is this that eternal life with jesus starts the minute we ask him into our lives the moment we believe him the moment we confess him as lord of our lives from that very minute all right eternal life starts to be at operation in our lives do you see this now and you see the life we start with jesus on earth will continue into eternity that's god's plan that this life that we start with jesus here on earth all right continues even into eternity do you see this now that this life we start with jesus on earth continues even into eternity and you see likewise the other side of the of the pendulum is this if we choose or if any man chooses to live without jesus on earth all right if any man doesn't put his faith in christ jesus then that same person all right will continue to live in eternity without jesus so if you if, if a man lives without jesus on earth that same you know that same pattern will continue even into, into eternity but if you live with jesus here on earth all right the same will also flow into eternity do you see i think that that's clear enough glory be to god so the believer in christ just does not need to be scared of hell the believer in christ just does not need to be scared of hell now like i said i'm still going to bring a balance to this teaching but i'm laying a foundation that is very important as a believer in christ just i don't need to be scared of hell i remember those early days when i was in the faith i used to be very scared of reading the book of revelations you know because i felt the book of revelations was this scary book and i'm sure some of us can relate with that am i right glory to god but you see the believer in christ jesus does not need to be scared of hell because hell is not your lot hell is not your portion heaven is your portion hallelujah that's god's plan for you so why not believe god's plan for you remember the bible says in jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 that for i know the thoughts i think towards you thoughts of good and of and not of evil to give you a future and a hope a translation says to give you an expected end so the expected end of the believer in christ jesus is that the believer in christ jesus will spend eternity with the lord jesus do you see that now that's the expected end so why not believe in god's plan for your life why not believe in god's eternal counsel in god's eternal plan hallelujah do you see so god doesn't want the believer in christ just to live you know god doesn't want the believer in christ just to constantly live with the fear of you know where you know he or she would spend eternity do you see like i said we are not trying to make heaven no why not you know the believer in christ jesus is heaven bound all right the believer in christ jesus in heaven is heaven bound the believer in christ jesus is heaven bound you know let's look at a few scriptures just to really um just to really establish you know the subject of assurance of salvation for the believer in christ jesus all right luke chapter 11 and verse 2 let's look at luke chapter 11 and verse 2 where jesus was teaching the disciples to pray luke chapter 11 and verse 2 the bible says and he said unto them when you pray say our father which art in heaven all right so god is in heaven right he says hallowed be your name now look at the next thing he says he says thy kingdom come thy will be done all right as in heaven so in earth do you see so 
God's will for the believer, and we see this even playing out in prayer, is that the believer interfaces between heaven and earth. Hell is not mentioned here. Glory to God. Because the believer does not have any business with hell. The believer has no business with hell because Jesus has conquered hell for the believer. Jesus has conquered hell for the believer. So the believer does not have to go to hell because Jesus went to hell on behalf of the believer. If you remember when Jesus died, the Bible says that, you know, when he was buried, he descended even to the depths of hell. And then he wrestled with the devil and collected the keys of, of death from the devil. Glory to God. So now we have victory over hell. We have victory over darkness. We have victory over the devil. Glory to God. So the believer in Christ Jesus has no business with hell. You should not be scared of hell as a believer in Christ Jesus. You have no business with it. You see, God's will for the believer is that as in heaven, so on earth. As far as we're still on the surface of this earth, all right, that we interface between those two realms, heaven and earth. Hell is not mentioned here. Glory be to God. Do, do, do you see that now? Do you see that now? Do you see that now? That we can even begin to partake, you know, of heaven or, or, or of the divine realities of heaven, even while we're here on earth. Glory be to God. And then we can now fully partake of those realities when we translocate, you know, into eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If we look at Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, and then if we look at verse 43, we remember this story that when Jesus was, you know, hung upon the cross at his crucifixion, there were two thieves. Do you see that now? And then the Bible talks about a certain thief that told Jesus, you know, that, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom and if we look at verse 43 of luke chapter 22 luke chapter 23 the bible says that jesus said unto him verily i say unto you today thou shalt be with me in paradise do you, do you see that now because he put his faith in jesus do you see he says today you will be with me in paradise today you can be assured you can be assured of your eternal security you can be assured of your salvation hallelujah you don't need to be scared of hell you don't need to be scared of hell. Should the believer in Christ Jesus be scared of hell? Like I've said again and again, and I'm saying it again. No, you don't have to. You have no business with hell. Glory to God. You have no business with hell. Jesus went to hell on the believer. Jesus went to hell on behalf of the believer and has defeated the powers of hell. And has defeated the powers of hell that we can live above the, uh, that we can live above hell. We can live above the, the, the twats of the enemy. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. So you can be rest assured that heaven is my reality. I, I want you to just, as you're listening, to, uh, you see, as you're listening to me right now, I want you to just say this boldly, that heaven is my reality. Just confess it right now. Let's do it three times. Heaven is my reality. Oh, let's do it two more times. Heaven is my reality for the last time. Heaven is my reality. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, having talked about the believer being assured of his salvation and also looked at you know and also looked a bit into the subject of eternal security now remember i said that for the man who does not put his faith in christ jesus all right such a man is you know such a man faces the danger of eternal damnation in hell that is such a man faces the danger of spending eternity in hell now you must also understand that even though that is the fate of the man who does not put his 
Yeah, and now you must also understand that even though that is the faith of the man who does not believe in Christ Jesus, that's not God's desire. If we look at John chapter 3 from verse 14 to verse 15, the Bible says that and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so also must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. God does not desire for any man to perish. God doesn't desire for any man to spend eternity in hell. God does not desire for anyone to perish. Do you see that now? God doesn't desire for anyone to perish. God wants everyone to have eternal life. Do you see? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. In John chapter 10, verse 27 to verse 29, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Oh, this is so powerful. It says, They shall never perish. They shall never perish. I am God's sheep. I thought you were going to confess that too. I am God's sheep. I am God's sheep. I will never perish. I shall never perish. Now look at the next thing Jesus says. Remember we're reading John chapter 10 verse 27 to 29. It says, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Glory to God. So Jesus is saying, I will keep you. I will keep you in me. You have come to me and now I will keep you. I am a good shepherd. <laughs> Jesus is not a good shepherd if, he, if his sheep gets lost. No, that doesn't make him a good shepherd. He, he will do all he can to keep us. Glory to God. So our faith can be rested in this. Our belief can be, can be based on this, that God is able to keep me. And we're going to look at this, you know, still in this teaching. God is able to keep me. Oh, glory to God. I will never perish. I shall never perish. But for the man who is not, who doesn't believe in Christ Jesus, the Bible says if you don't have eternal life, such a person will. The Bible says if such, the Bible says if such a person doesn't have eternal life, then such a man will perish. However, this is not God's desire, which is why God has made the provision in Christ Jesus for all men to receive eternal life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the man in Christ Jesus is heaven bound. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you. 